FMX Network Production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmx.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. He's the greatest retired rider ever. Every seven pounds is horsepower. If my entry's paid, I'm racing. So this place is you? a fucking mansion. <laughs> I have my wife do all the undercarriage work, and I did see that pass. Tell me if I'm crazy here. Okay, I didn't see that yeah. at all. Oh, so you didn't see it. Well, I watched it twice, but I didn't see it. That's not how I would have gone about it. Holy smokes. This next generation is going to be so soft. Not everybody gets a trophy because it raises pussies. Some people don't make good decisions in life. He's the best at flat tracking. Pull any one of these supercross guys and I bet you I could do better than flat track than they can. You're going to want her to be as stiff as possible. Sometimes you swap out. If there's skeletons in a closet, you don't open that door. (laughs) Get rid of your door before your front door. That'll save you 200 bucks. The year that I won that title that doesn't count. So suck it, JT. It's a good idea. It's not a good idea. It is a good idea. They need to work out some kinks. It's a good idea. Not a good idea. Already building a fan base. My buddy got stitches in his his (laughs) wiener. Basically lived like a dog. I went... For the ball bag, I might be doing something wrong. The rant is about the fans and this rough riding. They are the fans need to toughen up. Thank you. That's my rant. Thanks for ruining the no sport. Shit, asshole. I have to say this. Oh, well. I just have to. Someone dropped this on me a month or two ago. Michael Michael motorcycle. I don't know Michael Michael motorcycle. I've heard of it. Any, Mike, guys- Michael Moseman. Michael Michael Motorcycle. Yeah, I know, but where does the Yeah, you keep Michael saying Michael? that, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to the Pulpomex Wrap-Up Show. I'm Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show, and this is going to be a good one. Let's introduce my guests so we can get started. First up, from SGB Honda, brought to you by Guts Racing, Cade Clayson. What's up, Cade? Oh, what's up, man? Happy to be here. Glad you introduced me first. I just I love it. Well, I mean, we got to give the privateers the love. You're out there grinding every week. I mean, I thought maybe you're still at the track today, and you act like I was dumb because it's 530. It's 530, dude. I am still at the track. Trust me, I got a life, too. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, next up, he is the backbone of the Pulp Mex Empire, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. The show would not happen without Travis Marks. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm glad that even though I wasn't first, you said that the show wouldn't happen without me. Let's just uh, let's dig that in a little deeper. Yeah, I, I know how hard you work. I know how hard your job is. And I know that I pretty much only listen now because of the YouTube stuff and all that. And that's all you, man. It's all you. 
Uh, Man, that's it's it. so factual that it won't happen without marks because the last time I was there was when they had the power outage. Oh yeah, computers went down, and marks is freaking out. And marks saved the day on why the show still happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I did, but thank you. <laughs> you're a genius, man. You're the you're the you're the like the wizard. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, just keep just keep saying that out loud, and maybe we'll all believe it. All you have to do is go back to the shows before you were on, and there you go. So, it's come a long way. <laughs> but anyway, hey, this week was a five-hour and I believe fifty-four-minute redemption show, in my opinion, from four forty-eight with Ryan Villapoto and Jake Weimer back in the studio. Man, four forty-eight was one of those shows that I think either you loved it or you hated it, and once. They got toasted. I was not enjoying that show at all. I thought this was a great redemption, in my opinion. Uh, before I get your guys' thoughts, we also had the call-in guests, which included Eli Tomac, Ryan Dungey, Lars Lindstrom, and Mitch Payton, who originally was out, then he was back in. We're going to get to all that. But uh, let's go to you first, Cade, man. Um, I don't know how you felt about 448, but I thought 491 was miles better than 448. Yeah, I, I remember I only listened to part of that show because I remember it was just like over the top. I was getting kind of annoyed. Um, but yeah, they were I, I like having these two in because they have, you know, such a high standard for quality when it comes to riding and like what they expect from riders and what they're able to bring to the table and talk about. So it's really fun to listen to these guys um, talk about, you know, what happened in the last week. Yeah, even like, okay, they always get into good stories, There's or maybe not so good stories, but the way they're told, they're really good, uh, and we're going to also talk about that, but like this week, the stories were a little more coherent, uh, they were more, they kind of stayed on point for the most part, Cade, um, so yeah, overall, not, not even just what they bring knowledge-wise, like just their, the, their stories and their memories, like I thought was fantastic this week. Yeah, it was a great show, I, I enjoyed it. Mark's being in studio. Uh, how, how did it seem in studio? Was it like, was there anything going on that we don't that we didn't see? You know, the, you guys have I forget what the program is where you guys talk back and forth. You and Steve, like, was there anything going on that we didn't know about that was maybe you could point out? Um, the, the, so the program is called Slack. It's just yes. a messaging service. Uh, RIP Instant Messenger um, <laughs> from AOL. Uh, nothing really, you know, there were a few times where, where we were kind of chatting, like, is, is Jake going to be able to get this story out? You know, kind of like, all right, Dick, but you know how he, he takes a little bit of time to process his thoughts. And yes. So there were a couple of those, not much. Um, but yeah, overall, I think they were, they were pretty rock solid. They didn't get too sauced. I even think they could have gotten a little bit more buzzed, but man, they really held it together, I think. And uh, for the most part, I think it was, it was better than, than the last than the last time they were in, if you ask most people. So Yeah, I agree, Mark. So um okay. So everybody, Mark's good show, right? I mean, where do you no no issues, no technical issues. Weimer was a little late, and I want to ask you about that in a minute, but overall actually let's go ahead and get into that right now, Mark. So you're in studio. Usually you get there what, thirty minutes ahead of time, something like that? Yeah, thirty to forty minutes ahead of time, yeah. Okay, no Weimer. <laughs> yeah, right. Like ten minutes. <laughs> He's so uh, yeah right. Dude. Well, I got, I have, <laughs> dude. I have so much setup to do now. I have to set up the cameras, uh, make sure all the focus is right. I have to set up the graphics for the the uh, like I pre make the graphics in OBS, uh, so I can just switch between scenes when a guest is on. 
Right. I have to set all that stuff up. I have to set the live thing up in YouTube and Facebook and then connect my server. And like, it's, it's a, it's an ordeal. So eat a dick, Kate. <laughs> I, Kate I wasn't, I wasn't going to blow him out because I think the, at least one of the times I was there, he did get there pretty late, but I wasn't going to blow Mark's out, but, uh, I will. Yeah, I'll I know. I, I would rather it's more fun to blow out Mathis, which we're definitely going to, we'll, we'll talk about Mathis at the end here uh, about some of that stuff. But my question really marks is, was there any stress going on? Uh, Weimer being late kind of throws things off a little bit. And then the request for sushi, like how were you there for all that? Uh, I don't remember the request for sushi. I think that was done prior to me getting there. <laughs> okay. Um, but- as far as Weimer, like we knew, Steven texted me before I'd even left my house. He texted in one of our groups and said Weimer was going to be late. So I think knowing ahead of time, like it didn't, it didn't really affect us because we already knew. Had it been like five thirty and nobody had heard from Weimer or something, yeah. maybe or a uh, four thirty. I'm sorry, maybe everyone would have been freaking out a little bit. But we knew he was in the air. We knew when he landed, so we just knew that he was going to be late, and it was it was fine. And then you got RV for an hour and 20 minutes or whatever it was by himself. And I, I honestly actually think that was pretty good. So I, I don't disagree. I think it was, yeah, we got a little bit of just him by himself and a little more, not him busting balls with Weimer. And I, I really did enjoy that time until Weimer showed up. Although I was really looking forward to that. Kane, what'd you think about RV just by himself for a little bit? It was good. Yeah. Um, I think he was pretty laid back. Um, he, he was, I feel like he was much more like methodical about what he said. Uh, because I feel like when Jake, when Jake and him are together, it's almost like when a Ray and I are together, it's, it turns into like a lot of inside jokes and we laugh at a lot of stupid things that most people don't get. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so it was cool to just have like a different aspect, but I don't think you get one of them in. I definitely don't think you get RV in studio without Jake. That's probably fair. Uh, what do you think, Mark? So you know more of the, uh, behind the scenes on that. Is that, you think that's a requirement almost? That's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely think it helps. Um, I think if you caught RV at the right time, I don't think he'd be opposed to coming in by himself. I, I do. I mean, let's be real. RV probably likes the spotlight a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody would disagree with that. So I yeah. think him being by himself a little uh, for a while may have made us made him realize that yeah, he could do it by himself. You know, why not? Yeah, the only really negative about Weimer not being in on time was Ryan Dungey was on before Weimer, and we had the discussion of Dungey taking out Weimer and the video. You know, we finally got the videos a little bit later if you were watching on YouTube, but it would have been kind of neat to have Weimer there to interact. But either way, the show was good. Um, listen, the most discussed topic of the whole night, in my opinion, was probably the Jason Anderson, Ken Roxon pass or take out, wherever you decide to stand. Uh, let's hear a little bit what they had to say. I'm going to go out there and say it wasn't totally deliberate. He went outside. Yeah. Bad move. Right. He, he, you know, he could feel the pressure. Second of all, the sand, it's sand, and those lines came together at the end. Mm-hmm. And maybe Jason could have could have come up under, underneath of him, you know, a little, and, and kept it tight. But he didn't, you know. Like, the lines did come together. Yep. If there would have been a penalty, I think that would have been a complete, like, bullshit move. If that was me in that same scenario, yeah. they would have said, what the fuck are you going outside for? You knew he was yeah, there. Yeah. That's what right. I would have received. Right. In my eyes, and like I was saying on the podcast, like Kenny should be pissed, but if he has a chance to down the road to slam Anderson, he should take the advantage. And if I he knocks he, Jason down, he knocks Jason down. 
I wouldn't be looking for that opportunity because I think that's going to hinder Kenny in right, the long run. Right. But I don't think Jason it. is that person. And yeah. if you're looking at points and yeah. the series and the championship, right. you can't afford that. Yeah, I see that as just Kenny goes outside. Anderson's like, shit, I can get him. Who wants to follow a guy in the sand for 20 minutes? I got him. It's an opening. Oh, our lines came together. If you enter the corner and your whole plan is to slam the guy and hope that he goes down and you don't make a pass, I mean, that's just dirt bag racing. That's not how I would have gone about it. If you're looking at the championship scenario, it's like, okay, you you almost took both of you. Both of you guys almost went down. You put a, a hole in your case, right? Your oil, the oil comes out or you, yeah. you have a DNF of some sort, but sometimes you get away with it. But that was a pretty, it looked like a pretty hard hit. I just didn't think it was the smartest move if you're trying to win a championship. I don't love rough riding in general. Cade, as a racer, what you know? Where do you stand with the discussion? Most of everybody was on the side. It was well, Steve and Steve thought it was not that big of a deal as part of racing, but the the idea of like it's not very smart if you're going for a championship. Almost everybody else talked about that on you know, Monday night, and that's a pretty damn good point. You you could go down yourself, right? You could fuck yourself out of the whole deal. Uh, where do you stand on what they had to say, and what do you think of the pass as a racer? I I see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I see where JT's coming from, especially as a guy that doesn't like super rough riding. You know, I I'm a guy that's been put in situations that I've had to run into people. I've been ran into, like I I, I know I think there's a time and a place. I think it was a little early in the race. Anderson knew what he was doing. He knew he was going to run out there. He knew he was going to run into him. Like he's not an idiot. You can see him get on the throttle way before he hits him to try and beat him to the exit. And he knew that they were going to hit like it's plain and simple, but um, I, I, in reality though, I don't see anything completely wrong with it. You know, it sucks that Kenny went down so harshly, but I mean, that's, that's the sport that we live in. And, you know, if Anderson keeps doing that over and over again, they're going to penalize him. And, you know, you can't do stuff like that all the time, but sometimes, yeah, man, you just got to do it and make it happen. But do I think it was a little premature for the main event being like the third or fourth lap or whatever it was? Yeah, probably. Where do you stand on, you know, I'm sure you, I don't know if you listen to the review show or not, but obviously Steve and JT were going back and forth. And sometimes I think a lot of that is just, they're so, they're each so hard headed. They refuse to give each other like credit that, okay, you might be right. But where do you stand on aggressive racing bar banging is supercross it's part of the sport uh and you just have to know it's going to come i mean it is it has been but do you feel like it has to be that way oh yeah for sure okay. i mean you're talking to the guy who cleaned out troll i know second lap of the lcq right? probably did it on purpose part premeditated it, murder no nah, man got, <laughs> it, it happens like it happens yeah. all the time marks Marks, where do you stand, man? You didn't get a, a lot of say in this. You know, you, they keep you quiet most of the time, keep you down. Uh, where do you stand on the whole discussion? You on JT's side, Steve's side, or can you even really pick a side in this? Um, I mean, you can always pick a side, right? Uh, or, or you can waffle like like JT and Mr. Blair like to do. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it was super bad. I don't think it was something that we need to be all upset about. I don't think it was very smart by either rider. Uh, I think Kenny was not smart for going outside. I, I think Anderson was probably not smart for being maybe quite as aggressive in that spot of the track because he could have very well gone down. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, I can I can see a little bit. I guess I am waffling. I see a little bit from both sides. Um, 
Well, which, I, you know, which is which is fine. I kind of feel like that's what everybody did because you know, to some degree, <clears throat> when it wasn't Steve and JT, Steve would see the other side a little bit if it was RV or whatever. But it was just when you know when JT's on, that's not going to happen. But uh, Kay, going back to right. you for just a second. There's been a lot. They, obviously, there's been a lot of aggressive issues this year, right? We have the Marv Mookie, Jason Anderson, Barsha, the Jason Anderson Kenny, uh, Bogle, Barsha, you and Haymart, <laughs> hey, uh, Marv Bre- on me, Brees, yeah, Marv on you, Brees and Seven Deuce Deuce, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is it more than normal? Are we just catching it more than normal? Uh, or, and they also, I think, brought up later about the just the level of the writers is coming up. It's not just one or two dominant guys there's eight or nine now is that making the difference yes that that is making the difference okay sure. i think there's a tight group of guys that all want to be at the front and they know they can't wait and it's it's not just the guys at the front it's the guys all the way through you know 26 7th place in qualifying man they all want to be in the main and you know all those guys in the top five want to win all the guys in the top 10 want to be on the podium they're all going to fight each other for it and, right uh yeah, it's it's going to keep happening. It's not like it's going to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So yeah, I had Starling on uh, a show that we won't talk about last night, and he was talking about you know last week at A two. I'm pretty sure it was on on TV where he got into seven deuce deuce, and they were like in I think they were like eighth and ninth or ninth and tenth in the LCQ. <laughs> he was like, dude, it was an accident. I felt so bad. Like there's no reason to ride like that when you're not even in a transfer position. And yeah, he, he actually like sent the the text with Adam where he was apologizing and Adam's like, yeah, I know I, I, I saw it. No big deal. But it's just, yeah. Like you were saying, Caden, it's, it's happening everywhere. <laughs> oh, it's, and it's going to keep happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it is what it is. I mean, as long as I, as I think like I, I said this to Alex, like we can't, we can't, the thing that Alex did to Freddie, that's over the line. And, you, oh, know, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's where, you know, we obviously need to stay below that. And he knows that and he knew he, he knew he screwed up. So there is a line that we all kind of know not to cross. Right. And uh, it's just, you know, we, we, we like to push it a little bit sometimes. Yeah. You to, you're competing, man. I get it. Uh, all right. Listen, the first guest of the night was Ryan Dungey. What are your, what are your thoughts on Ryan Dungey as a caller, as an interview, Kate? Um, he's, he's a great guy. Great racer. He is not one of my favorite interviews. He's still very careful, worried about getting in trouble or you know, or upsetting somebody. There was some good stuff in his interview, but he's just not at the top of my list of people I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. Uh, I feel like every time he's on the show, it's like the same thing on repeat. It's yeah. never any different. They talk about you know some things that happen. They talk about coffee. And then he leaves. Yeah. And I mean, I like Ryan. Ryan's a cool dude. He's super classy. Um, good to talk to in person. But, you know, I feel like the pulp shows like that show that you go to get like juicy insight and like everyone knows you can kind of be like a free spirit on there. Mm-hmm. And Dunge is not the guy that's like comes on and like lets loose. He is not. Marks, what about you, man? You've, you're in there for a lot of them. Uh, you know, where, where do you stand on Ryan Dungey? Like, can, can we just ask Steve to, let's not, let's, let's pass on Ryan next time. You know, I used to be really hard on Ryan. Um, especially when he was racing, he was, man, he was pretty bland to me. I I do think he's opening up a little bit. I, I, I wish he would more. Obviously I think everybody would, 
um, or everybody does, I should say. He, you know, he, and I think if we just take it at face value and like know that that's what Ryan Dungey is and that's how his interviews are going to be, like it's a little more tolerable. But yeah, I mean, it's nothing super exciting. I think having having uh, RV on with him helped a little bit. And you could tell he could have a laugh and stuff. So I, I think this was one of his better ones for sure. I'll oh. give him that. Uh, All right. But, but yeah, not not a barn burner by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't think he ever will be. That's just not really his style. Yeah, I think, it, again, it would have been better if Weimer had been on and they could have discussed those passes maybe a little bit and what they were remembering at the time, you know, and kind of, got, kind of gone back and forth. Uh, my favorite part of that interview really was, I think I think it was Ryan brought up, watching RV's kids on his social media, which led into RV going on a little bit of a rant about this generation of soft and raising pussies. That was funny, but it really didn't have anything to do with Ryan specifically. It just sort of led into that, which that was like my favorite <laughs> favorite thing they talked about. Uh, other, and I guess the, there's an interesting part of the Ryan interview where they did kind of look back on their career a little bit and talk about how they appreciate it more now. We can listen to a little bit of that. You know, now being retired for, you know, five years and I think what I'm, you know, coming up on yeah. eight years, it's pretty cool. Like, and if you were to watch it again, like, fuck, man, like that was a hell of a race. You look back and you yeah. look at it differently now. It does. It gives you chills. It makes you miss it. God, we were really good. <laughs> you know, like, because you live yeah. it every single day yeah, and you train you it right, and you do right. it and you live it, you sleep it, you breathe it. Yeah. And it's just like second nature and it is what it is. And we have that mentality. It's like, fuck, we got to do this again. It's another Saturday night and it's mm-hmm. Monday morning again yeah. and we got to go back and do it again and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And even all the nights you get seconds and thirds or even every time you're not, if you didn't win or if you're second or third, you kind of walk away from the race too, like, kind of let down like dang it like <laughs> right. you're like yeah. bummed out and you don't know you don't really soak in like yeah. how good of a night it, it really was you know 100 percent. i think yeah. the teams do a bad job on on like a second and a third the, the uh the atmosphere of the team if you lose yes yeah. a, a lot of times right. not that like you know like hey we're we're yes you got second you know we're in it the inconsistency and it's like dude you'll have a guy that goes from first to eighth to fifth to second to 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 tenth yeah and you have this this inconsistency where me or or you consistency was so much more consistent it's something to look back on and admire there's no time to celebrate these wins really you 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 it's 10 o'clock at night. You're going to bed. You're off to the airport. You're on to the next race. It's like you're you're always so forward thinking. You you don't really get time to absorb like what we're talking about. Like wow, we get to now we get to look back and and really enjoy. And that's kind of what I think about you know a lot of these racers. And it's a lot of the you know it's like it's such a short career. And one day it's going to be all over, and you're going to be wishing you were back in this position. And and you have plenty of time to enjoy the moment but my question is is how do you change the mentality or how do you change the thought process of say teams because the racing's not going anywhere so you're only as good as your last race i think the rider is in the most influential position to control that nature of you know how they inspires the team how he encourages the team hey good job you know like i i think a lot of the riders look for the team to hey it's okay you'll get them next week and but like like the rider you know invest back into the team you know tell your suspension guy, dude what a great job they're doing we're gonna get it we'll, let's keep mm-hmm. pushing and uh marks first before i ask you about that audio do, do you cringe when dungy's on or, you know, a guy that's kind of like a Michael Moseman and a guy like Ryan Villapoto throws out the F-bomb? 
I, I was thinking that earlier when you were talking about when you were bringing this up in the first place. I, and I do a little bit, but at the same time, man, these guys have been around dirt bikes their whole lives. You yeah. know, they've heard exponentially worse. Sure. You yeah. Know? So it, it, it does, it does make you pucker up a little <laughs> bit when, when it first comes out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's what it is. It's just, I mean, anybody that knows me knows how I feel about bad words. But I don't think there is such a thing as bad words. But it's still, I kind of, when I have somebody like that, I'm like, ooh, ooh, I wonder what, you know, what goes through their mind real instantly. But that audio was actually really good. That was a good topic that RV brought up on the show Monday night. Like, you know, they don't have time to enjoy it really at all. And I think Ryan talked about like a 10 year window, and you, you've got to put everything in and you really don't have time to enjoy it. And they look back and they kind of almost wish they had enjoyed it. Marks. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. Um, and, and it is always interesting to see that perspective and hear them talk about that perspective after the fact. Right. But, mm-hmm. And you would, you would think as more of these writers come out and say that stuff after, you know, more writers that are currently in it or coming up into it would hopefully hear that and analyze it and take it into into consideration and, and maybe realize, yeah, they could probably have a little more fun and, and, you know, enjoy it a little more, but you know, uh, I'm sure it's easier said than done, especially when you're deep into it. Uh, you you want to win. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. That's just how it is. But um, I, I think if everyone did that and, and for example, I don't want to jump ahead here, but you just take someone like Tomac who, seems like he's in a good place and having some fun that stuff really comes out in their interviews and the way they they come across in media and and stuff like that so yep honestly people love that i wish people i wish the writers would would do it more yeah you could take a guy like aaron plessinger who was just on uh, a week or two ago or or even jason anderson who doesn't do very many interviews certainly won't do pulp but he's enjoying things right he's doing his own program kate and those guys are enjoying their career, you know, and I think last year us in the media or whatever, well, you know, maybe Jason Anderson won't win another championship. Maybe he's not as dedicated. We've heard Steve say that a bunch, you know, but he's enjoying doing what he's doing. And if it doesn't bring a wins, he's still racing motorcycles. And that's really what he wanted to focus on is having fun racing his dirt bike. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Cade. No, there's not anything wrong with that. And I think that, that's almost the way racing is going these days. Mm-hmm. You remember towards the end of the show, they started talking with Lars about how Honda is like less corporate yes. these yes. days with Kenny and those guys. And I think that's kind of what they're getting at is they're trying to enjoy racing more so that they can be in it a little bit longer because I think everyone gets burnt out on it and, I think that's kind of why Ryan, both Ryan Dungey and Villapoto left as early as they did because they just got burnt out on the training and they weren't having as much fun. And, you know, guys like Kenny and Anderson and Dean Wilson, they just, they just enjoy riding their motorcycles and find ways to have fun. And, you know, even if you're winning, you still have to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, props to Ryan Villapoto for asking that question. Uh, Kate, so you're on SGB. When was the last time you had a blown fork seal? Did it suck? Uh, I, I don't know. I, man, I, I haven't blown a fork seal in a long time. Well, for those that do, they're seal savers. For 22 years, seal savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal savers are the first, is the first and original fork seal protection that protects your forks from dirt, dust, rocks, sand, and mud. 
Still Savers will always continue to innovate and improve, which is what led to the development of the easy-to-install Zip-On Seal Savers. Not only do they have a full line of products for your motorcycle, Seal Savers has essential products that are crucial for the performance of your side-by-side and mountain bike. Seal Savers is the ultimate protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. <clears throat> Marks, commercial breaks. Give us a little inside. The first commercial break, which I think there was only one Monday night, if I'm not mistaken, in a six-and-a-half or almost a six-hour show. Uh, but how was the sushi break? How was the talk? Give us some, there had to be some good talk going on. Give us something that we didn't know about. <laughs> there was. So there was only one commercial. Um, fun fact, the commercials this year are actually shorter. They're, they were 12 minutes, I think, for one, and now it's down to like eight or nine. Um, but what we did is we combined two, and so it, it seemed long. It was probably 16 or 17 minutes. It's because we combined the two so we didn't have to rush to eat. Um, yeah, you know, that, the sushi. That, that prime. <laughs> that prime sushi, you know, um, as far as what was going on on the break, man, the only, uh, the only thing I can really remember is I don't know why it's such a hot topic, but man, there was a lot of, of Ryan Villapoto, Ryan Villapoto butthole talk. Oh, nice. Um, like manscaped. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it came up again. It, it seems to come up a lot. It makes me a little uncomfortable, but, uh, yeah, a lot of talking about how, how his, his wife helps him, clean up his butthole so uh, that that it's sad that that's the, the most memorable part of the uh commercial break this this time but no that's I great that's how it is that's great kate i mean who wouldn't want to hear about rv talking about his butthole maintenance me no nope. me i would not yeah me either dude i'm the same way i'm the same exact way a ray okay. freaking does that all the time man he talks about that and i'm just like dude i don't even care a ray has two That's posters my... of himself in his bedroom so i'm not surprised he talks about his butthole i think more Wait, than what? that oh yeah he's got posters of himself in his bedroom yeah man i had uh... i had him on facetime video for something and it might have been it might have been the wrap-up show but yeah i was like dude do you have a poster of yourself behind you and he's like yeah i got a couple <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a bold move. Yes, like it, it is. Chicks dig bold it. Move. I was like, okay, bold. But but, Marks, your chick waxes people. I mean, maybe she doesn't wax men's buttholes, but like, surely she waxes women's buttholes. Um. Yeah, she did. She did. She doesn't anymore, but she did. Oh, uh, okay. She did wax. She did wax women's buttholes for a living. Um. You know, and and that's sometimes I feel like my friends always say, "Oh man." What they're they're very interested, but then you get you get to learn about what what types of women are actually going in there, and it <laughs> right. becomes a lot a lot less glamorous. But yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I even said that during the I was like, dude, I don't I don't even want my wife to see my butthole. And the RV's <laughs> like, oh yeah, get get all up in there. I'm like, you're out of your mind. No, dude. I don't have that kind of relationship with my chick or any of my ex wives right. either. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, no. Sarah, Sarah, gonna. Uh, do maintenance for you, Kate, if you had to have it, or is she out? God, no, dude. That's <laughs> I love the Sarah. Thing she's concerned about. Uh, your your wife is so badass. I love I love Sarah. She's awesome. Uh, yeah, she is cool. Yeah. All right. Eli Tomac got his first win on a Yamaha at A2, and he came on the show, and Steve says he seems happier. I definitely saw that at A1. Uh, I think most people, that anybody that listens to an interview, sees him in the press conference, would agree. Cade, what do you think, man? I don't know how much you've seen of him since the beginning of the season, whether it be these interviews, uh, Feld stuff on YouTube, whatever. I mean, do you get the idea, the vibe that he is absolutely a different guy? 
he's definitely happier. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I, I've tried to like befriend him. Okay. Um, and I'll like in the pits and stuff. If I see him, I'll always bring up hunting because we both hunt. And, uh, so that was a fun part of the show for me when they were all talking about hunting, but, um, he definitely seems like he's in a happier place. I think he's pumped to have his suspension guy back Yeah, and be able to work with people that he's super comfortable with. And I think happiness in the same sense as we were talking about Anderson, it just brings in good riding. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. You brought up the, the hunting stuff. I didn't take any notes on that. Well, I, I didn't put any notes for the wrap-up show on that. I have them in my timestamps, but I'm not really a hunter, but I, uh, I live in East Texas, so there's all my friends hunt. But it was kind of funny listening to Steve clearly not knowing anything. Oh, and I didn't have a clue. Yeah, they, they brought that up. He doesn't and know what he's like. Steve's very, like, not hunter-friendly. Like, he probably wouldn't say that in front of Jake and Ryan. Yeah. But, like, he said it to me um, because, you know, Pookie's a vegetarian. Yep. And, like, he is not big on hunting. And, obviously, Pookie's not either. Sure. So, it was a very interesting part of the show to me that Steve was so into it and acted, like, so into it. Well, and yet, that was another moment, like the Dungey and the F-bomb thing, where I was, like, a little uncomfortable because I know that a lot of times Pookie's downstairs listening and I'm like, okay, they're talking about hunting. He's talking about taking out elk, you know, at whatever it was, 600 yards, you know, the last one he got. And I'm like, oh, she's not digging any of this, you know. Or he said, you know, no. he, it was, he was talking about bow hunting, I think. And he said he missed uh, – that was uh, – that wasn't RV, though. Who, um, that was Eli. Yeah, Eli. Eli and he said the one Eli I missed. Bones. He said the one I missed. And I was like, oh, I bet Pookie is just, like, hating this conversation right now. Yeah. Yeah, so – uh, I mean, all my friends hunt, so I get. I've never been hunting because I don't want to sit in a tree stand for hours. I'm just not into it. But uh, well, when you elk hunt, you don't sit in a tree stand for hours. Yeah, they track not right. A conversation for now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a little different. And I don't think. In, I think in California, though, the laws are different because my uncles live out there. We're getting off topic, but I don't think you're allowed to set tree stands and feeders like you are out here, where it's barely a sport. Yeah, it's. it's for sure different but the game and it's it's a whole thing man yeah it's a whole thing all right well we'll move on uh anyway back to eli well no marks what do you think I mean, you think he's happier you see that you do you like it i do i you, it definitely comes across that way in in his interviews i feel like his social media posts like he posts to instagram once every month rather than <laughs> once every three months sure you know, yeah yeah he's uh, talked about that yeah people notice that stuff i i think it seems like he's in a good place it seems like he's having fun who knows what you can attribute that to whether it just be change of scenery whether it be you know dad life yeah, who knows but but uh outgoing happy eli is fun man he's he's a rad dude i think he's i think it's cool it sounds like he'd be he'd be fun to hang out with or just you know chat with so yeah he I'm, is, all, I'm all for it you guys should go listen to the other podcast that we won't name and the eli interview that was done because would, I, would you guys have guessed, either one of you have guessed, that he listens to Metallica? Marks? No. Okay. No. Uh-uh. Me either. But he does. And he's like, he told me, he's like, well, then, he's like, there's a Metallica Eli, and then there's the, the country Eli. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we got into some stuff like that, and that was like, oh, yeah. And he is, he is a cool guy to talk to when you just get him one-on-one. He giggles and laughs at stuff, and... He just doesn't normally come across that way in interviews, but this year he has, and Steve asked him about that. And then RV asked him about making the change, 
I feel like if I would have went to a new team, they'd be like, okay, what's yeah. waiting for me? What am I going to say? What does he want? What, what what should we do for you know? Like, does is that a big is that a big difference going to a new team? Yes, and I you know I had to take all that into account before I made a move. Right? It's like who are you going to be working with? You know, who you surround yourself with, and do you think those people will work with you? And, and will they provide you you know what you think you need and you know, hopefully give you the best equipment. That's a big part of it is I felt like I could just have certain things be better, right? I wanted things to, wanted to try things or, or try a new direction, right? And I didn't want any, any handcuffs to do that, right? But dropping all egos too at the same time, it's like go out there and try it and see if it's better. If it's not, oh well. But are those conversations you had during negotiations, like talking to them, like, hey, I want a little bit of freedom if I feel like I need to go a certain direction. I felt like I was just kind of stuck with what I had. And, and if we did try a, a couple of things, you know, it wouldn't get better. So I was just like, you know, I, I think there is better stuff out there, you know, and that was another reason. When you have a longtime guy that's at a team like RV or Eli, like, I feel like they seem to want to kind of hang out in that sweet spot, mm -hmm. at least in their mind. Well, we're already winning. He can win races. Sure. Yeah. We don't want to veer too far. Right. But then they go to a new team, like when RV left. I wasn't at Cali anymore, but I was still at the test tracks and was <clears throat> whatever. Like, I think at that point, then they were thinking, well, Davey's going to fill that void mm -hmm. of no we, we yeah. want him to win. And then they're like, all right, well, what do we need for you to win? Cade, I, I enjoyed that information. He was pretty careful about trying to you could tell there's still there's still some tension with for him with Kawasaki but he was professional about it he didn't just go out and say it he kept it kind of, but you could tell it was there but I enjoyed what he had to say like we already kind of discussed this a little bit about like making the change being more comfortable to make yourself happier and, and he really that's I think that's the first time I've heard him really open up about it yeah I think so too um you know I, don't, I think part of it is you don't want to completely bash the people that got you to where you are i think howie is you know probably the biggest milestone in his career mm -hmm. um you know obviously i think he did more at Cowie than geico but um it, it's just a change of scenery man and uh it's same thing with me leaving one team going to the next it's you just you need a new change of pace you need fresh faces that you know aren't stuck in stuck in a stuck in a rut and I'm not saying stuck in a rut in a bad way, but like, just like, you know, going to the same test track every day, going to this place every day, you know, using the same suspension guy, like you need fresh stuff to get new ideas out to try and unlock, you know, new levels. And I think that's kind of what he was trying to do. And um, going back to the same thing and it brings new people around and everyone's excited to try something new and it just breeds happiness. And look, and now he's, he said he might, if he didn't, sign with a new team he may have been done yeah like that's you know that's exactly what we were uh talking about is you know it's it just allows you to get rejuvenated and keep going and find a new gear absolutely yeah i was surprised by the well i guess i shouldn't say i was surprised i was surprised he admitted that he might be done if he had gone to a new team uh marks i had some people like i was looking through some of the comments or whatever and there were some people that were like oh the eli interview wasn't that good all he said was i don't know to everything i totally disagree with that like with the audio we just heard 
And then he he talked about I think a caller called in and asked him what he's changed or whatever, and he he talked about fine tuning the suspension, changing clamps. Uh, you know, he he kind of joked about why did Steve bring up the Weimer thing, and he admitted that he had, when Weimer took him out, he had said some really ugly things in his helmet. Like I, that was good stuff, man. That was a good interview. I mean, he did say I don't know a couple times. And I think one of them was like, why are you so consistent or why don't you crash that much? And there was something else that he said, I don't know, too. But I thought he gave a lot of good interview or content. Yeah, and I, he even said at one point, answering a question, I can't remember which one it was exactly, that you know, he didn't know how much he could say. Um, obviously, there are certain things that they have to be a little bit careful about and try not to blow old teams out or blow people out or share secret information, yeah. what have you like that. That's always going to be a thing. So I don't know to be, to be mad at, at, at him for having that kind of answer one or two times, maybe out of the 40 minutes that he was on the phone. I don't think you can say it was a bad interview for that. That's pretty weak to me. It was good. I, I thought. Yeah. That, that was when RV, I think it was RV asked him about were there negotiations uh, uh, about changing things or whatever you have options when you were, when you're making a negotiation, I think that was what the question was when he's like, I don't know what I can say. Uh, are th- yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. Yeah. He's, I think, uh, Weimer said, are the, are these conversations you had during the nego- negotiations about having some more leniency of what you want? That's when he's like, I don't know what I can say. Uh, and the other thing that I thought was kind of cool was, um, or I don't know if it's cool. It was just him saying that he's having fun riding with other other people and sharing info, but deep down it drives him nuts. Cade, like that's like he didn't used to do that very much. He would have J Mark come out and ride in Colorado, but for the most part, he was alone. It seemed like at least as far as we knew. And now he's, he's adjusted. Like you just said, he went to another team. He's having more fun. He's open-minded to let's try this and just enjoy it. Maybe. Yeah. I think that's the old school mindset that Mm -hmm. he still kind of has that he probably gets from his dad that like, I don't share my info. I'm here to do my work and I'm going to show up and surprise everybody where nowadays it's like, everyone's Instagramming everything. Everyone's showing everyone kind of what's going on. And, uh, you know, I think maybe it's a change of pace for him and he's just kind of figuring it out. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like we said, change is good. And he's like we also said he seems to be happy, so it must be working for him. Because yeah, man, he's I mean he's riding damn well. Married now, two kids. I mean, it lots changed in the last two years, so that changes a guy. Whole anyway. new Eli. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before Eli came on, Jason Thomas was on, and they were discussing the Eli situation, and change of teams, and uh, and then other riders that came up which uh, were discussed. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of that. But I think you could have been winning at 29, is all I'm saying. I do so believe I, that, but mentally I was fried. So, like, Sure, of course, right. I, I'm and wondering, I think that's why he left. I think that's why he went to Yamaha, because he needed to do something different, or he was going to step away. He wasn't having a good time. The financial side of it was secure for him. So if it wasn't fun anymore at some point, I think he was out. I think I've I said think this, this on another show, say. that if I would have left Kawasaki, it would have bought me another at least two years, maybe yeah. three. Yeah. Eli looks happy, but the flip side, though, is Jason Anderson, RV, is riding maybe the best he has in years, maybe ever, uh, and he's on Cowie now, which is Eli's old team. I just think, and JT and I were discussing this on the review, why can't too, like just the switch to a new doesn't need doesn't need to be the bike just the new atmosphere. No, I, so I think it's so looking back on you know looking back on my career if I would have went to say switch that up and at 
when I decided to retire and say, okay, screw it, I'm going to just move to a different team. You kind of, you build this whole new foundation inside of a team where I wish looking back that I would have been able, I would have moved so that I could have then called a little more of my shots and had a little more, you know, like, yeah, I want to do this. And, okay, we'll do yeah. that. And, yeah, and, not, pretty and, rigid. and not be a dick about it. You know, a new team would, would bend a little more where I was doing the bender bending as yeah. a writer. Right. Uh, Marks, I, if I was better at doing this wrap up, I would have probably put that before the Eli discussion. Uh, it probably should have preceded what we've already talked about, but Ryan talking about wishing he had changed teams or maybe would have extended his career two years. And, and I, I enjoyed that, that afterthought, like him looking back and going, man, if things, I could have done things a little differently and maybe enjoyed things more and, you know, seeing the other side of how things could be done. I thought that was kind of really cool. And I would kind of wish he had. Yeah. 100%. If, if you take, how RV is now. And if you could have gotten a little bit of that out of him while he was still racing, man, I think, cause people love him now. Like people, right. I, I, there are countless people that say, man, I couldn't even hardly stand him when he was racing just cause he was just either, he was boring or just a dick. seemed like he didn't want to be there. Yeah. Kind of a dick. Um, but man, if you could have gotten him how he is now, or even half of what he is now, uh, back when he was racing that would have been sweet i think it would have been good for him it would have been good for us as fans it would have been good for the sport obviously so and again that just goes back to what you were saying earlier right where where we get these reflections from these riders after they retire and you hope that maybe there are riders that are riding today can hear that and and take that into consideration and kind of uh go with that you know use that to their advantage I, i i just hope that's the case if not now and hopefully in the near future, you know, so we can get a little more life out of some of these riders. Cause man, it seems like retiring at 26, 27 when they're still on top of their game, uh, it feels like we're missing out a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if RV had stuck around a little bit longer and yeah, we, we would have had some good racing between him and Dunge. And unfortunately it's just not the way we, you know, we could always look back and wish things had been different. That's just the way of the world. Uh, okay, so you know I I'm getting my two stroke one of these days, and mm-hmm. the first thing I'm going to do to it is add a guts racing seat cover, or maybe the second thing because race tech's doing the suspension. That's first, but I'm going to get a guts racing seat cover, which was established in 1990 as a premier off highway seat manufacturing company. They are offering the highest performance in seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point in their career, from Steve Lampson to McGrath in the 90s. Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, myself, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. God, I can't wait to get that bike, Cade. I mean, dude, do you really not think that it's going to have a Guts Racing seat cover on it when you get it? I don't know. I, I honestly have zero idea what they're going to do to no, it ahead of time. Probably gonna be, that thing's probably not going to be stock when you pick it up. You might be right. I, I, I do know that Checkers and Kiefer have talked about getting the suspension done for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. I don't even know when he's getting the bike. And I'm starting to believe my stepdaughter. I talked about this last week. I think it was right that maybe they're just fucking with me. Because I got two weeks before the hair goes. And at that point, Kiefer says – Sorry, man, it fell through. I can't get a bike. Then what do I do? 
I mean, I don't think he's going to do that to you, dude. <laughs> What'd you say, Cade? Whoa. What he's, would you do? He's not going to do that to you, man. I don't he, think you're he'd... getting a motorcycle. No, I don't think he is. And to answer your question, tr- quick, quick, wow, question, uh, Travis, I don't know. I I don't know. You'd probably like it, it won't happen. But no. like, I'm just like, what if if they f- if they actually just f me over and like I'm delusional at that they're my friends, <laughs> I would probably. It, it, I would be very angry, and I might pull like a, a lot of people would. A lot of people would be very upset. Yeah, I, I might. Yeah, it, it might be like a stank. It might be like a stank dog version two. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine the blowback would be even worse than that. Honestly, it would be bad. Man, well, I, yeah, I, I fully trust Kiefer, or I would not have made the deal. Uh, hey, Kate, let me ask you this: Who do you think has a sexy riding style? Uh. God, I hate this because I hate this answer because this guy and I, he's not very friendly towards me. And I can understand why, but it's Jay Sexton. And listen, before we even get into that, he he was cool about it a couple weeks ago when he was on, and he he talked like he he seems like he's over Daytona. Yeah, we just don't talk. Okay. It wasn't Daytona. It was it was Atlanta. Oh, that's right. It was Atlanta. Well, it was whatever. It was just fucking stadium. I still feel bad it about was- it. And I, I think there's still tension there, but it don't matter. Huh. I have to ask him about that. Well, oh, yeah. if there's still tension there, that's on that's on him, Kate. Yeah. Let it go. I, I got the vibe that that's <laughs> Let gone. Go. Let it go. <laughs> well, everyone loves JB10. He's really competitive when you compare guys his age. You know, we, we've only seen a few guys that have raced, you know, 36, 37, 38. Like, he looks the part. When, you know, when he's riding in qualifying practice, when he's out there in the heat race, he doesn't look like you need to stand up and clap because he's 37. Yeah. Like he just looks like he's out there and one of the guys. And right. you think about how long he's been out there in the age factor, and you're like, that's really impressive to be – like, because his riding style hasn't changed. Right? No, None it's a sexy reflects. riding style. JT, you have a point because Chad uh, – Chad looked like he – got it really rusty like he was left yeah, outside for a I long mean, time old. that's what happened right right he just looked i old. think but but i think that uh brayton's puts way more laps in the off season than chad did maybe oh without a doubt yeah. at, I this, think at this stage, that at this stage at this stage that did uh chad's uh chad's my guy i like chad a good friend of mine but i like near the dear end friend? of his not dear friend just friend but i, <laughs> okay. I but near the end of chad's racing i was like who's on the bike and Brayton does not. He looks sexy. His writing, his writing style is one that is just, it's timeless. Okay. I think he looks great. I would agree. <laughs> wow, we're all just. <laughs> I think he looks great. I he, saw him at I saw 37 him at years track. old. Yeah. And yeah. he can smash a set of whoops yeah. probably better than anybody. Yeah. Um, I remember we would fucking have a big old set of whoops in Supercross, and I'd be first practice, struggle to them, some bitches, and that sucker would just annihilate them. It's from the Arena Cross days. Marks, what are the odds that some of that audio turns up again someday? <laughs> very, very high. Very, very high. Very, very high. I had people, like, I had somebody on Twitter and a couple other people reach out and like, hey, where can I get, I want to, what's the timestamp for the RV saying that J, J, uh, Justin Brayton's riding style was sexy? And I was like, God, man, it's way better when Steve says it because it's, because we like to give shit back to Steve. Like, I don't care that RV said it. I care that Steve said it. So, mm-hmm. but... Uh, Cade, like two things. One, does it drive you crazy that a guy 
an older guy like J- uh, Justin Braden or a guy like Chiz rides with such ability still at that age? Does it motivate you? Like, I think it's really cool. Like, we, you just kind of talked about some of these guys retiring a little early. Now, Justin Brayton's not winning tons and tons of races, right? He, he won Daytona, but he's still extremely talented, still very successful in his own right. And it's it's awesome that a guy that's an older guy is still competitive like that. Totally. I, I don't think of age in our sport as, as much of a downfall as people think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at endurance sports, you know, most top endurance athletes aren't even in their prime until their high thirties. So it's, uh, it's, I think as long as you can avoid injury, I think that's what a lot of things happen is dudes get hurt and then they're over it where I think JB and even Chiz have avoided, um, those, those injuries that have lasted long into their career. And, you know, they're both really good riders and they both ride with really good technique and it, it works for them. So now it, it's the age thing doesn't bother me at all. You know, I think it, it pisses me off that Chiz beats me all the time. You're right. Starling said the but, same thing on that other uh, show last night. Yep. Fucking Chiz. I just, yeah, I hate that guy. He's like, it's I like really, Chiz. I he's a great guy, but man, it pisses me off. <laughs> he's like, yeah. now Chiz is even, now he's tweeting Chiz is going to Chiz. <laughs> he's like, yeah. damn it. Like, yeah, Chiz's confidence level, his head got real big with this whole Chiz is going to Chiz Yes, thing. it has. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Anybody that knows. But yeah, no. Yeah, anybody that sure. my buddies know, like, I am a super Chiz fan. Like, 2011, man, long before this media thing, just a goofy fan at the races, I was a Kyle Chisholm fan, man. Just, uh, I've been a diehard. It took four years of me asking him every year at Freestone and Dallas for a jersey before I finally got one. So, anyway, I was a... So I'm really happy for you, Jamie. Okay, Kate. I don't know why we have to be ugly here. <laughs> I just, I don't, I, <laughs> You're just talking about how great Chiz is. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, Chiz is going to Chiz, Kate. It's great, man. <laughs> All right, Mitch Payton, <laughs> as we talked about, Marks, scheduled to be on, had a meeting canceled, call Steve on a cell phone in the middle of the show, and Steve answered because RV told him to. Fantastic. Like that, that's, you can't, uh, you can't really script that. Mitch knows he's doing a show. But Mitch calls anyway. It's awesome. One hundred percent. I was. That's what I was. Gonna, I was going to say that. Like you know, Mitch knows that he's in the middle of the show. Like he, yeah. he knows how it works. He's right. been on a million times, and for him to call and just like expect Steve to answer is, is great. You know, uh, and I'm glad that Steve did. I think now we have this tendency to feel like everything has to be perfect on the show sometimes, and like random off the wall stuff like that. I, I think that stuff is fun. Um, it kind of takes me back to like. There, you know, the, the few times when there's not really a call screener back in the early oh, days, yeah, people yeah. just just answer the phone and be like, hey, who's this? Like, and I wish we would just do that sometimes. Like, if a call was coming in and Steve wasn't really in the middle of something, I wish he would just answer it on air. Like, you know, I think some of the unscripted stuff like that is, uh, it's pretty entertaining, but yeah. I get to Mitch, dude. You gotta, you gotta answer. Definitely gotta answer it. And I think anybody that really knows the show knows that. Although Steve plays it really cool throughout the show when things don't go well, if he loses control, he gets a little upset. We've seen it with Randy Richardson after Glenn Helen. Uh, we saw it the live show at Vegas when uh, Davey Coombs 
was on, I think that was unscheduled, and you and him got together and put some videos together. And Steve gets a little upset. He doesn't get rattled necessarily, but that was something that wasn't scheduled. And I was kind of like, oh, this could go a couple different ways because you were up against Lars Lindstrom coming on, and he handled it really well. So I was wondering if there was like a little bit of, like how Steve was, what his mindset was internally that maybe he didn't let us know, like, shit, we gotta, how we, I got to figure this out. But I didn't pull a whole bunch of, or I didn't really pull any Mitch audio, Cade, but I, I liked him talking about, like, showing the old YouTube videos to Joe Shimoda. I could see Joe, like, watching these old videos and, you know, and absorbing what Mitch is trying to teach him through new technology with YouTube. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize with Mitch is he's very hands-on. Yeah. Some of his young guys, like Adam used to stay at his house. I think Forkner used to stay at his house. I'm pretty sure Joe stayed at his house for a while before not. I'm pretty sure he has his own place now. But, you know, they he is very close with a lot of his riders who will come over and have dinner with his family. And, like, they, you know, he he takes it personally with some of these guys, and I think that's really cool of him. Yeah, it, it really is. I didn't know that, so that's cool. That's something we learned new, Marks. I don't know if you knew that. I did not, no. Uh-uh. Well, that's uh, – Cade got the scoop on Mathis because Mathis has never, as far as I know, brought that up on Pulp MX. So I will start listening Thanks, to – I'll start listening to the Cade MX show soon. <laughs> you should, man. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's probably coming about the same time as the new app and the Ryan Villapoto Weimer podcast. Bro, I've thought about starting my own podcast. I think it would be good. That's all we need is more fucking podcasts. Stealing sponsor money from Dark Side. Yeah, right. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. other things with Mitch Payton. I, I like that he's working on RV and Weimer's vintage projects. I like that he told us straight up the World Supercross idea he's out on. It's not going to work for him. And the story about Jake Weimer's dad and the motivational quotes book. And, and like his dad apparently was very, very hard on Weimer, but then. He thought he was being kind of easy on him, Mark. He's like, yeah, that's what I said. You know, or that's, 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 how, that's the kind of things I say. But, like, he doesn't realize that maybe he's negative. That was right. Good. That was good. Yeah, I, I, I love that stuff. And yeah. I, I think, man, that stuff from Mitch is, is why you listen to Mitch. I, yeah. If anybody hasn't listened to, like, all the Mitch interviews throughout the shows, you have to. The one with Troy Lee was so good. That was years ago now. But that and I think that was the one where they talked about – stealing was it pallets of grass from like a Chili's or something yeah something yeah, like that, that sounds right yeah yep. that's a good story and he actually told me that at, I asked him something at a, at a live race and I was doing like a vlog and I asked him like what's the craziest thing you story you remember and he told that same story that, that was one of I guess that's one of his go-tos uh Lars, Lars Lindstrom came on factory Honda team manager Lars and Chris Kiefer are the reason that I'm losing, seemingly losing the dark side moniker, if that's right, because I introduced myself to Lars at A1 as dark side and Kiefer overheard and fucked me down. Um, I didn't, I don't know Lars at all, other than that one meeting. I really enjoyed Mark's having him on because I get a little bit behind the scenes, kind of his thought process on not micromanaging the team. Cade brought up him talking about, you know, when Kenny came over a couple years ago and started expressing his thoughts, posting his thoughts on social media, the team started to shift a little bit. Like that inside information from Lars about Team Honda, I enjoyed that. Again, don't know a lot about Lars, so I thought he was a great guest. 
Yeah. I, Lars was, I don't, go ahead, Cade. Has Sorry. Lars been on before? I think he has, but it's been a while. Cade, yeah. what, what were you saying, Cade? Go ahead, go ahead Cade. No, I loved Lars. Sorry, I didn't know who you, who you oh, said. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, no, I thought Lars, Lars was my favorite one of the night. I think really? that was okay. really cool. Why? Yeah, Tell I, me why. I, what was it? Just I like his inside – you know, I think Steve giving him a lot of shit for making it to the top so much yeah. better than poor he did. Guy. Really funny. Poor guy. You got yeah. Chase and Kenny and the Lawrence brothers. You poor guy. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, just like what they talked about and, you know, Lars's insight of the team. And I, I love guys like that. I think podcasts that Steve does with guys like that are really cool. Just from my perspective as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I really like the Honda guys. I've noticed that they're really supportive of privateers and if people need help. <clears throat> you know, back in the day, I broke a radiator to race. We didn't have one. My dad went over. They gave me a radiator. Um, Cowie never would have done that for us, ever. So just stuff like that. Like, I, I think Honda is really cool. And, uh, yeah, no, they <clears throat> he just does a really good job. Yeah, really great interview. Uh, Marks enjoyed a lot of the stuff he talked about. One thing I do know that he said this to Steve, but I was listening. When COVID's over, I'm getting into that candy drawer one way or another. I want to see this candy drawer. I've gotten pretty tight with Kayla. She's the the PR and does all the PR for Honda. I want to see this candy drawer. Yeah, right? Like, I don't ever go in trucks. Because uh, I'm not that cool, but I want to go find this candy drawer. Like yeah. I, I need to see what this is all about. I get to go in some trucks, but I've never been in the Honda truck, and I've been mm. in the, pretty much all the others. But Honda's scary. <laughs> it's Honda, bro. But uh, I, I mean, sounds like it sounds like you can get in there. You can I was butter always, a couple people up. Yeah, I was no. always Honda guy from pretty much most of my life until now. I'm going Blue Crew. But, like, Mandy, who used to do the PR, she scared me, man. She was tough. The new girl, Kayla, is awesome. Not that Mandy wasn't cool. She was just she scared me. She was very all – she was the old school, like, the mentality, Kate, that we – I don't know if you knew Mandy, that we – Mandy Mon, uh, Fontaine. But she was that old school mentality of Honda where it was, like, yeah, really strict and not – like, just not real inviting to everybody else. Like, they, they kept it tight. Very corporate. Yes, like that, there you say, go. On yeah. the show, but um, I thought I thought that was very funny because I knew I could just feel that. I feel like Cowie is still that way, very corporate. Yeah, and Honda, I feel like is very more laid back um, and just gets our sport. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about Kawasaki too. I, I've been in that truck because of Vanessa, who used to do the PR over there. But I definitely got in. I, I got some tension vibes. You know, like, eh, maybe I'm not supposed to be in there. But anyway, uh, the other story that came up while Lars was on, I think this was, yeah, it was while Lars was on, was the Hall of Fame RV story and sneaking booze into the church marks. Again, this is why RV and Weimer, these, this, that kind of story, even though it didn't have the greatest ending, it was pretty entertaining just to think about him trying to sneak this booze into the church for this long-ass Hall of Fame speech in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I love those stories. I like the, even like the RV telling his Biden joke story. Like, again, I don't yeah, think it had like, the greatest like ending. Like, it almost like you had to be there, but according to them, it was really good. But I still like hearing the stories. I like hearing that behind the scenes stuff. Uh, get a little insight of, of the shenanigans that these guys are up to. I, that'll always be fun to me. Absolutely. 
You guys know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from Pulpamex. And Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, or the same tires I run, dark side, because I'm a hell of an athlete, then you got to visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. Uh, Supercross Futures. Cade, thoughts on Supercross Futures as a whole before we listen to the audio of what the guys on the show think about it. What do I think about yeah, it? Yeah, what do you think about it, man? I mean, having Ryder D and, uh, you know, Brad West out there and, you know, those kids. I like the idea. I think it needs, I think like Ryan said, it needs some fine tuning. That was Weimer, I think. But it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think there's a huge talent gap <laughs> between the leaders and the, the back markers. first place guy. Yeah, not even the back, like obviously the back markers, but even like the fourth and fifth place guys. Um, and it's almost dangerous. Yeah. But you, those kids won't get that experience, but they're not on the same level of equipment. You know, that's the biggest thing, honestly. Like these guys don't have super cross suspension. They, they're not prepared to be on that track is my biggest concern. And, I think it's gone well so far. I just, I don't want to see some kid get hurt. Yeah. Because they're not prepared to be there. Well, this weekend at Glendale, my co host, or TJ, the one that was not allowed into Mathis's studio, his son, Doc, will be racing his first one. He will have supercross suspension. We'll see how it goes. He's been practicing, so we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. I personally, I like it. I, I, I mean, I agree with what you said. Well, let's listen to the audio first, and I'll, me and Marcus can talk about it. Jake. Should Supercross Futures be getting more or less attention and track time? I don't know how to answer that because I like the idea, but I think it's that's a that's a tough road to battle. I think they need to work some kinks out. They need to have more exposure, period. Race riders' time would have been like 6th or 7th and 250s overall, which is he, awesome. They should have more time, Yeah, period. Yeah. Right. They should make a yeah. bigger thing about it. Really? Yeah. Because when I go to watch look it, at, when I watch an NFL Europe, game, they don't, they don't have a bunch of peewees on the field. We don't throw around a fucking football. Look at uh, MXGP, and both of those days, Saturday and Sunday, they have races, and they are grooming their riders for M- uh, MX2. I really like the idea. They do, but I don't. They just they got to figure out a way to get more competitive. You talk kids. about everybody gets a trophy these days. It's exactly what you're talking about. You're no, giving them no, every, everyone not. a trophy. Bullshit. No, no, bullshit. If you want, the... bullshit. If you want to groom what is it, what you what Feld is going to make their money off of, they better start down here. You two never rode them. You turned out fun. They okay. didn't exist, but I guarantee. I, I know, but I'm if saying if they did exist, I guarantee you he would have been I know, there. Of and course, I of course, there. you both would have been there. But you both turned out to be great Supercross racers without <laughs> going to a stadium on a Saturday. It's a good idea. It's not a good idea. They need it to work. Out, they need to work out some kinks. It's a good idea. Not a good idea because they're it's already a good building idea. a fan a base idea. already too. Not all, only all through their Instagram and everything they post. That's you know bullshit like Instagram is, but they're actually there on Saturday riding, doing their thing, and building a fan base inside the stadium. The guys that are there early. Uh, yeah, I agree that it. They need to work out the kinks. But Mark's Mathis said everyone gets a trophy. I don't feel like that holds water. And him trying to say, you know, like, 
RV and Weimer didn't need it, that doesn't hold water either. Those are the elite guys. Uh, so I don't feel like either one of those arguments holds water. I think it's a good program if they can figure it out. And like Cade said, get the competition a little where there's more guys at the same level. But I, I disagree with Steve totally on this this topic. So what? So what? Just to make sure I'm understanding. What was his? What was the everyone gets a trophy thing about? Like I don't understand where I, he's going with that. I don't either. But I well, think so. Ahead, er, earlier in the show, Ryan was talking about how you need to be competitive, but not get a trophy if you lose because of you know you know modern society and yeah. how they do things. And I think Steve was giving it as giving these kids a platform is like giving everyone a trophy. And I, I don't think that the racing is the, the, like the racing is the point, right? The platform isn't the point. It's getting on the track, getting experience is what the kids need. Where Steve is looking at it from like a media platform standpoint. So I think they were just coming at it from two different angles. Yeah. That's kind of how I took it. And that's, I didn't agree, Marks. I just, I don't think, I don't think that holds that for me. That doesn't hold water. Yeah, from that angle, I would I would be on your guys' side. I don't think it's like they need the track time. They need to. It's not them getting to race. It isn't them getting a trophy. I don't think is that what he's. You know, I don't think that's the case I, at all. Uh, yeah, I don't think getting these guys on the track is ever going to be a bad thing. Like, why? Why not? Right. Know? That's how I feel. I, I guess maybe he's saying it's like it's awarding them just for signing up. They get the race in the stadium with some fans there and that's rewarding them maybe and not them not doing the work. I, I don't know if that's exactly what he's saying. That's kind of how I took it though. That's why I disagree. Uh, but uh, who hey, cares? Like, yep, like let I don't, them race. I agree. I think it's, you know, a little more, a little more content on race day live. And I guess, is it this weekend? They're actually going to be on the, in the night program. I think. Okay. Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. I can look at the schedule. I got it right here, but I, I don't think so. I thought they were in the night. Maybe it's at the finals at the Salt Lake City. Maybe that's. What I think it's at the finals. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's. Okay. Well, I, and, I got yeah, I would definitely disagree with them getting TV time if there's no LCQ and a triple crown or whatever. You know, that would be bullshit. So yeah, hopefully that's not the case, and that probably actually wouldn't make any sense at all. So my bad. Race Tech rant. Uh, Pope 21 to save, I believe, is the code. Let's listen to this week's Race Tech rant. Uh, Race Tech rant of the night. My Race Tech, really? Uh, my rant is about this rough riding. The rant is about the fans and this rough riding. They are The fans need to toughen up. Thank you. That's my rant. You see the fans talking about Marv on Mookie and Barshawn Anderson and... and, and, and uh, the world is so soft. Like, I get people that are like, they should be disqualified. Like, Anderson should be disqualified. Zero chance. Passing, there is contact in Supercross. There's been contact for 40 years. It's bull berms. It's tight. You know, that's how you get by, Isn't guys. That the, that's not the point of it, but that is no, part of Supercross. Yes, it happens. I feel like whatever percent you want to put on it, 20% of fans just started watching in 2005 or something. And if you go back to Chicken and Bradshaw, I mean... I, yeah. Oh my God! Like they, they, these people should be charged with crimes. Any kind of contact, I get DMs and and lays, people are like, disqualify him. You know he should lose his ride. <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on here? My take: let him go. I have to think, but <clears throat> don't let you. I think it's good for the sport. Like we need a little bit of that. You know, 
I don't want to you know call it rough, you know, yeah. bar banging close racing, you know, and then we also need the close racing where it's passing only, but yeah. that's, you know, it's exciting, you know. I feel like there's just a segment of fans that are new and they don't understand how passing and the sport works. So Marks, this this rant was designed basically or brought up to focus on the fans who reach out and how these Weird opinions, in my opinion. I, I'm fully on board with RV and this, the people are getting soft. The next generation getting soft. I, I, I'm old, and I fully agree with that. I don't really get these fans. The I don't get the fans in general that complain about a lot of things, whether it be the the TV announcer or whatever. But like, it does feel like a lot of the fans, either they just need somebody to lash out at or – they didn't. They don't remember the '90s when there was tons of the, the rough riding and the TV production sucked. It, like I, I, I don't think they realize where we came from. No, I think it's it's obviously hard to to look back and see how far it's come. I'm, I mean, I'm not even faultless here because I'd give the race day live broadcast a lot of crap just based on like what they're showing when there's riders on the track and stuff like that. Like sometimes I think it's ridiculous, but so, so in a way, yeah, I, I can be part of that group, but man, at the same time, like it's some of these people just want to complain about anything and everything, like at any chance they get. So and I think that's part of the, I mean, we're getting a broader issue here, but part of the issue with social media is like everyone just has a voice and a, yeah. and a quick way to voice their opinion and they, and they do it you know, without even thinking about it, without even thinking about their thoughts before they write them down or, or, you know, filtering them out. So they just spit it out there. Um, yeah, it, it is a little ridiculous. Okay. Well, look, fans, we're going to, we're going to have to deal with this from now on the, the social media stuff, the people complaining, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think it was RV that said some of these people, they're fans of a particular writer and that's why they're complaining. And I do think that can be an issue, too. I think that's a little bit separate issue from what what Steve was bringing up in the rant. But, like, if you take if you go back to the Christian Craig, Dylan Ferrandis incident um, a couple years ago, like, if that role was reversed, I think 99% of the outcry is the exact opposite. It's excitement. Yeah, he took Frenchie down. So I do think some of it comes from who you're a fan of and who you're not. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, I think Kenny is one of the most liked people in the sport. That's why it was such an issue. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, I think fans don't understand sometimes how we have to get the job done. And there's certain fans out there that have just, I've honestly never raced a motorcycle and they're just fans of the sport and they don't totally understand that side of it. And as a racer, you have to, you know, understand that that's part of it, I think. And there are guys out there that would say that aggressive riding has no place in our sport where the majority of riders, I think would be like, ah, no, I mean, there's times to be aggressive and times not to be aggressive. And it's up for debate all over the, all over the place, but it's obviously magnified now, now that fans kind of have a platform to connect and comment and, give their opinion to riders in, you know, a space. I, I totally agree. And we get a lot of 
the carrots and the ears theories or uh, comments, Marks, and that's. I guess if we could just like chill and just take it as entertainment, almost like look at what this person said. Maybe it'd be easier, but I definitely get. I've seen a lot more as my social media presence has grown a little bit. I see a lot more of that now, and I get a lot of DMs, and I'm just like, I don't even know how to respond to this. Like, I just don't know that I can because it's so out there and ridiculous. But some of these people have those theories and those opinions, and it's just part of it. Um, all right, we got a few That's more. The thing is, like, yeah. well, I don't just real quick. I don't know why everything has to be like zero to a hundred so quick. Like, yeah, yeah, politics, you know, whether. Right? politics you know yeah. the penalties like oh just straight to straight to this qualification or straight to race fan <laughs> yeah. like like really like why can't there are like seven more steps between that seven. and and nothing nothing happening you know yeah the, yeah that you skip you know why do you have to go so far so quickly i don't i just don't i don't get, <laughs> it. get it either i don't know i'm kind of the, the guy with like my head in the sand going i i don't care i don't care I just want to watch the race. I don't care about politics. I just want to live. <laughs> Leave me alone. Let me watch my race. I just don't care. Like, I, I can't. I got enough things in my life that are directly personal to worry about. I don't need to worry about that. It just just let me watch my entertainment. Leave me alone. Anyway. Right. Yeah. It's Anyway, I, and I don't think the move on Kenny was dirty. I just don't. I, I Anyway, we'll, we'll stay. There was enough talk on that already. Few more things. We got a couple more topics. The manscaped read is always entertaining because we get a lot of reactions, marks when people when Steve brings up the manscaped and Weimer saying that I went for the ball bag. Maybe I was doing it wrong. I had just gotten back in my truck from seeing Tool and was driving home when that segment came on. I was actually on hold, and I almost like I spit my tea out on my dash and like that was, I loved that moment in the show. That was great. The, the manscape breeds really do bring a little bit of comedy. I know, there are some people that are just over them already. And I really? get that like, it's, it, yeah, Damn. I see a couple comments every once in a while, but, and if, if you just take it for what it is, the two minutes of <laughs> talking about everyone talking about shaving their nuts and stuff. And, yeah. You get stuff like that from Weimer. I think it's I think it's great. I don't know <laughs> how you can't how you can't find that entertaining, dude. Like, Why? Why we're so what's good? What are you doing down there to have so many issues? <laughs> well, know. here's Kay. Do you have a manscape? Of course I do. I thought so. You won, didn't you? Won one, didn't you? No, I bought one okay. probably a week or two before he started announcing it was a sponsor on the show. Okay. Okay. Well, here's what I will tell you: if you do take the ball guard off, you. You know, I'm gonna be gentle, and I'm gonna try to get it real close. It'll nick your nuts. Tell, tell, you gotta bat wing it, dude. You gotta bat wing it out, dude. Yeah, out talking from get, experience, get I did bat wing it out, and it still it nicked my nuts. Uh, so amateur hour. Yeah, yeah. So it, it can happen without the ball guard. Uh, it just it is what it is. But I think I've had mine about a year now. Maybe yeah, I don't know. And and I still don't think I've charged it. It still works every time. I. How could, it's, I, it's ridiculous. The battery oh, uh, life on those things are like alien. Uh, Maybe you're just not pretty, shaving enough, bro. <laughs> that could be too. I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> that could be too. Uh, fair enough, Cade. Uh, topic that got brought up was Adam C. and Cirillo. It was just brief. And like, what can you do? Another injury. RV said, you know, why does he crash? Like, th- this is just a guy, Cade, that 
there's always one or two people in different sports and there's just, you go like so much talent and it just isn't working out perfectly. Like he's still, I mean, I'm sure you would die to have his, his records or, you know, his, his race wins and all, and you know, his career, but it's not what was expected. And you just don't have an answer necessarily. And maybe you do. Kate, you got an answer? I don't have an answer. Okay. I mean, I don't think he's anywhere near done. I don't no, think, I don't either. I don't think teams are going to quit on him. He's a great rider. He's sure. got unbelievable talent. He just needs to get healthy and stay there. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's a rough road, and I think I, when you get hurt, it's easy for that to snowball and mm-hmm. more injuries. So, but I like you said, I think it happens in every sport, and at some point, I think people start to grow out of it. And yeah, <clears throat> I mean, he was kind of a late grower, anyways. Like he was short for a long time, and then all of a sudden, he's like six feet tall. Yeah, like like a year ago, he and that tall. And yeah, like that honestly probably plays into a large part of why he's gotten hurt so much. And the longer time he can be fully grown, the more healthy he's going to be probably. Yeah. Fair point. You're right. Um, if you guys for some reason are listening to this wrap up show and haven't listened to the whole pulp mix show, which I find almost impossible. There's a lot of good stuff that we're not talking about with that. We didn't get to. There's a great story. I say it's great. It's great because it, it starts off like it's going to be great, but then it doesn't go anywhere where Jake talks about him and Ryan living across the cul-de-sac from each other. And they thought they were the entourage, like entourage PG 13 version and they partied, but they really didn't party. Uh, great stuff. Just typical stuff from Weimer once he's had a few drinks in him. So if you haven't listened, you got to go check it out. There's also the RV Weimer game, Who Knows Each Other Better, which was Mark's, like most of the game shows, a total shit show. This one was especially bad. Yeah. I don't think uh, – I feel like Steve kind of lost how he was keeping score yep. there for a bit, a bit in the middle and kind of just winged it from – is that a word, <laughs> winged? Wung it. He wung it uh, from there on out. It wasn't the most organized. I think it's thing. Wang. He winged it. He winged it out. Uh, <laughs> Typical, anyway, typical loose pulp and mix program. There. Yes, it was. I don't know what else you can expect. Somehow, Steve Wyman, screwed up the game. Yeah. Steve screwed up the game 100%. I listened to that part twice. And yeah. He screwed it up. It, <clears throat> you got to be, you got to do, you have to have a set way to get the, the answers from each person and then also ask the question properly. And it was very, very confusing from the beginning. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, Kate. He fucked up. Agreed. Clippy, clippy. Uh, let's see here. Uh, there was one X-Brand question that I wrote down that I want to get both of you guys' thoughts on. Who is the first to win their second 450 main of 22? We had Steve Mathis with Sexton, Brian Villapoto with Eli Tomac, and Jake Weimer with Jason Anderson as their answers. Cade, who do you think is the first to get to? Um, I think Kenny wins this weekend. Okay. All right. At the Triple Crown. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Marks? Kate stole my I was, I was gonna, literally going to say the same thing. Well, you can have it. I'm going to go Jason Anderson, though. I'm, I'm jumping on Jason Anderson. Uh, man, you know, I would, Oh, really? Yeah. You know, the last time last time we raced in Phoenix, Kenny won all three main events. What's that got to do with it, Cade? What, that's, all, that's old news. It's not old news, man. Past performance is not indicative of future. There you go. 
Then why do we? Then why do you guys pick favorites every year? I don't know because for, for me it never worked. I picked Dylan Ferrandis. Yeah, how's that working out for you? Pretty good, man. He's coming on strong. Getting better every week. Okay. Those who ride dirt bikes, <laughs> motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motosport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And I'm about to steal a segment from Pulp MX, and we're going to kind of go old school with it. Check it out. Uh, race Oops. Tech Ra- Not that one. Oops. Clippy, clippy. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this important bulletin from Motorsport.com. Here's the tweets of Travis. Motorsport.com. Tweets at tra- tweet at Travis. Travis. We Gosh, ha- that's so good. That intro is just, it, it just takes me back. We should just use it. I think it maybe you just slip it into Talon's drops and make sure it gets played. But we have a uh, just rename it. Yeah, a specific tweet that came in today from a Steve Mathis at Pulp MX. Hey, Darkside, can you ask Travis on the wrap up why he continues to shit on his boss? And you know, I don't really know what he's talking about, Marks. So I pulled some audio that we can listen to. Cade, you can involve yourself, and then we'll we'll discuss this. But I don't have any idea what the hell he's talking about. Do up his butthole. If there was a fucking trap door that leads to hell, I'd fall in it. Full time busy with guys that I pay who shit on me. Rub my nipples. Fuck me, dude. I'm a loser. I got nothing. I go twelve seven. And I'm even worse on Sunday. I got Epstein Bar. I got Low T. I got all of that. I'm a loser. And okay, cool. Like, whatever. Kids that suck balls. I'm not taking the high road. I'm not being professional. Check out my cock, dude. I guess that sounded stupid. Watch me stick a carrot up my ass. What does a dick feel like inside of you? (laughs) Like, I am not afraid to shit on him. So, yeah, my dick was super small. And my wife just shits on me. You fucked me three times recently. That just works his balls 24-7. And Brayton does not. He looks sexy. My buddy had get stitches in his wiener. My meat is out. If you suck balls, I can help you if you tell me what's going on. That I'm just stroking. If you hooked up with a guy and it's not working out, you just leave. Shitter. I'm an equal opportunity shitter. I don't really want to touch on this, but I want to touch on this. Over 40 years in the business. I was just tired. I just want to get some cock. Full time busy with guys that I pay who shit on me. Anonymity. Anonymity. I could be convinced to go the other way, like if it feels better. I want to see what a fucking, like, just a pussy magnet looks like. You're so far <laughs> off on that hole. What an idiot I am. So I boned this dude. So the one one time that I was I was with the guy, one, one of the times, I was in control of all those wieners. What about my mom giving BJs? I guess that sounded stupid. Uh, anyway, Marks, I... I do you have any idea what this guy is talking about? I'm unfamiliar. So as yeah, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. He he sure, he sure likes to talk about shitting a lot though. Man, he does. Like I I don't really know. I mean, Travis, this guy wants to know why you shit on your boss. Um, when, I, when was the last time you shit on your boss? Sounds unsanitary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound very healthy. No. I would never do such a thing. So. I mean, not exactly like, sure what he's how do you about. apply for that job, Cade? Um, is that in the sanitation department? Oh, that could be. That could be. Yeah, it's, pro- it, it's probably on motorcycleindustryjobs.com. 
Yeah, I, if, I, if, if, dude, if there was a job on there that said shitting on Steve Mathis, there'd be a lot of people <laughs> that would sign up. Oh boy, oh boy, yeah. You think Steak Dog and Jason Anderson, Steak Dog and Jason Anderson, might be applying? <laughs> well, that's hilarious. So yeah, let's actually look at this. I mean, I know he's joking a little bit, but he brings it up. Like it, it, it really is a fun work environment where he busts on you like it, there's no PR de- or HR department at Pulp MX. It's busting on each other. It's buddies fucking with each other. But does he ever, have you ever, I think I've asked you this before, really had him get upset with you? Um, man, I don't know if he's really, uh, I think there's stuff that bugs him for sure. Like obviously the apps and, and whatnot, but like, I mean, these things though, these, these drops that you play and, I don't, I, I would hope not. Yeah. If, if, if it does, he needs to give his balls a tug and get over it. Look, I, Cade, I, I know where Steve's coming from because I feel like all he does is pretty much shit on me. He, he fucks with me nonstop. And I get a lot of messages of people that think he's serious about it and don't know how he is off the air. So yeah, there's times when I'm call in and I'm like, why do I fucking even call in? Cause it's relentless. So, but without Marks and Talon playing these drops, like it, it takes a massive enjoyment away from the show. Like it takes part of the vibe. Okay. Yeah, totally. Uh, he, he's pretty ruthless on air. I mean, he's pretty ruthless in person too, but That's true. he's got a big heart and he cares, I think. And but a, but a small sometimes penis. I feel like he, he doesn't take, <laughs> um, criticism as well as he thinks he does. Yeah, I'll give you, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just got to give it to him. Yeah, the, I've I've seen I've seen some signs of that. Yeah, where he doesn't take it quite as well as he gives it out sometimes. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know though, Marks. I don't think you're shitting on him. I think if you stopped as he says shitting on him though, there'd be a lot of people very disappointed because it's so great when you throw hit a drop at the perfect moment and he's like he just he gives you that look on on YouTube you can see it or Facebook and he's like. This looks at you, at you kind of off the corner of his eye over the monitor. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I love that stuff. Honestly, it makes it makes the show a lot of fun for me. Looking for those little moments that gives me something to to look forward to. Yeah, and not just because I want to, not because I want to shit on Steve, obviously, but I, I find it entertaining because because I think other people find it entertaining. Of like course. I get the occasional message. I'm not gonna say my DMs are blowing up, but I've had a couple messages where like, man the stuff that you do to Steve seriously adds a whole new dynamic to the show. And so like, I'm going to hopefully keep doing that. Like, I don't want to overdo it. And I, I certainly don't think I'm some amazing, uh, comic, uh, relief person, you know, for the show or anything, but if I can add a little something here and there, why not? Yeah. Hey, we got to let Cade go. Cade, uh, thanks for coming on. He's got something that came up. We appreciate your time, man. Hey, thanks, Dark Side. Sorry, I just got to bounce. Yep, no uh, worries, man. Take care of your family Mark. stuff. Uh, we'll see you this weekend if my flight gets out. All right, sounds All right. good. I'll talk to you boys All later. All right, see you, buddy. See, see you, buddy. All right, that's K. But yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with what you said. It's it it's fun, and the fans like it. And I I don't think you could do away with it. Uh, the last topic. It's not even really a topic. I just want to mention the Michael Michael motorcycle thing from from uh, <laughs> Weimer. That was my. F- I think I, that's what I laughed the hardest at, like just because he was just Michael Michael motorcycle, like like don't you understand Marks Michael Michael motorcycle? 
dude, like would not let it go. No. Like, almost, almost. He didn't even explain what it was. I had to look it up. I Googled it while they're going through it. And I'm looking like, oh, this is a, it's a short movie, short film from 2004. So I type in, in the Slack. I'm like, it's a movie. And then I say on air, it's a movie. I think I said on air. It's yeah, a you movie. did. You did. Um, but dude, Weimer like never acknowledged that. Just kept saying Michael, Michael motorcycle. <laughs> like never acknowledged where he got that phrase from. Never acknowledged whether it was a movie or not. Or right. that's what he was talking about. Just kept going. We probably need a, a counter on how many times he said it, but dude, it was it was funny. It was great. What a great four ninety one, great show. Really, really loved RV and Weimer together at this level. I think they had. I think Weimer said he was like a four, and I want to say RV said a six. I don't even remember what the number was. That was perfect for me. That was perfect. Great show. Great. Great guests. I want to thank Motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires and Seal Savers, as well as all the sponsors of Pulp Mex that keep these things going. Uh, Fly Racing, Racetech, X-Brand Goggles, Manscaped, etc. Go to the discount, or not the discount, sorry, the sp- sponsored deal tabs at PulpMexShow.com. Links and discount codes there. Use them, support them. If, you see, if there's one that you've heard on the show, a sponsor, then you don't see a discount code, use the contact form. Steve will try to hook you up, get you taken care of. Questions, comments, criticisms. I'm Darkside, Darkside at pulpmx.com. I'll get back to you. Maybe we'll read read your complaints on the air if it's good. Other than that, Marks, anything we didn't touch on that you that stood out to you? Uh, no, I just think it was a really good show overall. Yep. Uh, I think it's a good good uh, comeback from the last time they were on. I think you get best of both worlds if you like the saucy, sloshy stuff uh, you can certainly go back and listen to that but i think this was a a perfect medium so honestly great show probably one of the better ones we've had in quite a while and i feel like we've had some good ones lately so yeah definitely put it up there i think says a lot i agree uh the only thing that really sucked for me really was the six hour show on a night as I, i think i told you off air like i went to see tool left the the arena at 11 30 p.m had a two hour drive home and had to be work at eight and there was no way for me to listen to the show and do my notes unless I came home at 2 a.m. and just stayed up all night and listened. That was the only way I was going to get this wrap-up done. That sucked. And then for it to be no. six hours, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me tonight of all <laughs> nights. But That's a sacrifice you had to make. So. Yeah, for Tool, it was worth it. So that was... You made, you made your choice. I did. I can't really complain because it was... I mean, I, I bought the tickets thinking it was a Tuesday night, but I would have went either way. Like, there was no freaking <laughs> right. way I was missing that show. So, anyway, uh, again, Dark Side from Moto X Pod Show. Thanks for coming on, Marks. That's it. We're out. Yep. Good times. See you. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? See